0: It's time for the guy who always gets you to the ball game on time. And here's the pitch. It's Matt Wyatt with all the good stuff you need to know. Party. Come on. Thank God it's Friday. Sing along. Party. Thank God it's Friday. It's Friday. Party. You made it into the show. You made it into the weekend, is what I meant to say. You made it into the final show, the last show before the weekend. Use your words, Matt. Welcome in, and welcome in. It's a free-for-all Friday here today on the show in the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes, that's your local Farm Bureau Insurance agent. It is Friday. Lots of ways for you to be a part of the show, and I sincerely hope that you will. I love to see your comments come through on the live stream. If you're on Facebook or YouTube, howdy! Hope y'all are doing well on this Friday. So if you're watching the live stream, type in a comment, punch it in there, and I'll see it here. And I'll even pop it up on the screen like this one from Sven over in Berlin, Germany, watching on YouTube. And he says, Hail State, and yes, let's start the College World Series. It is sad that we're not there talking about State. But it's still baseball. That's it. Look, man, uh, it's one of the best baseball events of the year, at least in terms of drama and watching it on TV. I think, and that is the College World Series, and it all starts today. Take me out to the ball game. Let's go. Sing along. Take to the crowd. Here we go. Yes, be a part of the show today. You can also text me on the Country Pleasing text line. Country Pleasing Sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the southeast. Text me at uh, 885-ESPN. It's a 601 number. 885-3776. That's the number to text. It's like grabbing a chair and pulling up to the table and... Getting a cup of coffee and joining the conversation with me, just doing it via text. And you can also call me on the Divinity phone, 995 1059. That's the number to call. So let me hear your voice today on this Friday. 601 number 995 1059. It is a free for all Friday. Fridays around here are some of the least planned radio shows we ever do. <laughs> I got my hand up on that one. Okay. So, anything you want to get into is cool with me. I don't really care. But I, just, I do have baseball on the brain. Let the College World Series games begin today in Omaha. In fact, if you're listening live, it starts about an hour from now. Now, if you're listening to this show via replay, obviously games would have started and some will be going on as you hear it. But it's day one, that's for sure. Everybody, stand up, Sing. All right, who's going to win? Play ball! I, I can just picture it in my head, Bill, that the little chunky kid from Sandlot. What was his name? Yeah. Ham? Ham Porter? Ham. Ham Porter. <laughs> Remember when Ham had the catcher's mask, and he goes, play, play ball! ball. <laughs> <laughs> I can just they picture did, that. They just showed that the last weekend on one of the channels. Is that right? Yeah. We, we have it and you know like on demand and so and mary liddy loves the movie i do too and so like a lot of times it's a go-to for us we get mm-hmm. we just want to sit down kill some time watching something while we either play a game or maybe have dinner we'll pop on the sandlot you know yeah. so um yeah, yeah If you get started watching it you have to watch the whole thing you can't just stop right there's it's the the <laughs> sandlot movie there's all it's like it's like a collection of vignettes is almost yeah. what it is It's this scene and it has a culmination. It's this scene and then this scene. You know what I mean? You want to see it, each one. It's it's the you know, they're trying to get the ball back and they blow up the vacuum cleaners and then (laughs) and then they're at the pool and it's Windy Peppercorn. And then you know, Mm -hmm. and then they're riding the roller coasters chewing tobacco and they all get sick and you know, it's just (laughs) it's one story after another anecdote to make up the whole movie. So you're right. Mm -hmm. It's hard not to watch the whole thing. And you know, I, I I will admit Regarding the College World Series, some of y'all may be the same way. We are all baseball fans around here. It's a little different in the state of Mississippi. I say that to people. I didn't know it. Okay, growing up in Alabama, I didn't know it until I came to college, went to college here in Mississippi. I've now lived in Mississippi much longer than I lived anywhere else. That's the way that's worked out. And then being in the sports world and sports media world and following but But going to school at Mississippi State didn't take a year or two for me to realize, man, I didn't know it was like this around here. This is different. This is a whole different deal. Yeah, you're not just fans. We're fanatics. We really are fanatics about college baseball. The attendance numbers support that, everything we've talked about. So it's different. I tell people that. I did an interview just a little while ago with a friend of mine, Pat Smith, over in Birmingham in Alabama. And I told him, I said, you know, people that are from outside of the state probably just don't quite understand um, how crazy we are about baseball. College baseball in this state. It really is true. So, even with that said, last year was different for me. State is my team. So, watching every game and following every game and to keep winning and keep advancing, you know, the the anticipation and the interest builds. And I watched every single pitch of every game in Omaha, okay, (laughs) even the ones that state wasn't in. I watched it all. In other years when state wasn't in it, now given it's been a while, Okay, This is the first time in a while, because as we know, if you didn't know, last year was the third consecutive trip to, college, to the College World Series for Mississippi State. Well, so it's been a while since I've watched one that State wasn't in, but I have had times in the past where I didn't watch every single pitch of every team of every game in the College World Series, and I guess that's because my team wasn't in it, but I still had interest. I still kept up with the scores, and You know, if I'm there and I'm available, I turn it on. I want to watch, you know. And I don't know what you would chalk it up to for me, but this year, with this field of teams and this, you know, group of coaches, I will watch just about all of it unless something pops up to, you know, interrupt. Uh, I I have – I guess what I'm pointing to is I have a genuine, heightened – interest in this whole event this whole college world series event this year than i have in other more so than i have in other years when state wasn't in it that's kind of how i'm feeling about it and i don't have there's a a real good chance that a team from the sec or future sec team might win it i think you're right (laughs) well okay and so we touched on this yesterday but if you're looking at favorites everybody's got different things and Y'all listening to the show really did educate me. I went and read a little bit about Stanford, and sure enough, very veteran. Stanford may maybe ought to be one of, if not the favorite out there. We'll see. It's just with so you got four SEC teams now. You got two more that are coming to the SEC in Oklahoma and Texas that are out there. <laughs> it's it's hard to imagine it not being one of that group. Just, just statistically, the chances favor you got so many more teams in it. So I don't know. I just know this. I know that nobody has been uh you know hotter and more dominant in this postseason than Ole Miss. Now Ole Miss doesn't play till tomorrow night, and they'll face Auburn, who Auburn did something that nobody thought they could do. They went to Corvallis, Oregon and beat Oregon State. But nobody in the postseason, anyway, has been more dominant. Then Ole Miss. When you look at the way they won the cor, uh, the Corvette not Corvallis, the Coral Gables Regional, the way they eliminated Arizona, the way they dominated Southern Miss in their own ballpark, that's what we do know. You know, a long run in Omaha is going to be, you know, determined by your pitching, how good it is, and how deep it is. <clears throat> and so, because of that, yeah, you can look at a team like Stanford. You can look at like look at a team like Arkansas. It's just I guess what you have as a field of teams this year in Omaha that it's even man you can't you can't say anybody is really an underdog there will be no results in this thing that'll really surprise I think anyone right there will be no surprises I didn't even mention Notre Dame I mean this time yesterday I'm talking about Notre Dame Notre Dame Notre Dame last year Everybody thought Notre Dame was Omaha-worthy. It just had to run up against State in the Super, and we saw what State was. This year, they go to Tennessee, eliminate the most dominant team we may have ever had in a college regular season. Eliminate them. So this time yesterday, I'm talking about Notre Dame and as maybe a favorite, and then everybody told me Stanford should be. So that's what I'm saying. It's just even, and uh, my, my interest is pretty even across the board for the, the whole event. I'm really looking forward to it. First game... Uh, is Oklahoma and Texas A&M. If you are listening live to to the show right now in the middle of the day here on Friday, that first pitch is at 1 Central between Oklahoma and Texas A&M. And then tonight at 6, you'll have Notre Dame and Texas. I mean, look, it's a first-round College World Series game, but I would think that's going to draw a pretty good television rating. I really would think that it would. And then, of course, the two games tomorrow, Arkansas is up against Stanford, 1 o'clock on Saturday, and then Saturday night at 6, prime time on ESPN2, Ole Miss versus Auburn. So, I'm, I'm really looking forward to having some baseball to watch. Not just this weekend, too. We know this event. I mean, it's a good 10 days of it. So, if you're going out there, save your money. <laughs> you better. Gas is more expensive this year than it was a year ago. Of course, when you get to Omaha, I learned this last year. When you get to Omaha as a fan, you don't necessarily have to do a lot of driving. You know, it depends on where you're staying, sure. But even if you're, you know, even if you don't have a hotel room downtown, which are really expensive this week of the College World Series, you can go park somewhere close to downtown. And then once you get on your feet, anything you want to see and go do is all right there downtown around the ballpark. I mean, you don't have to do a whole lot of driving. And. They have those scooters. You know, you put the app on your phone. It's this company where you put the app on your phone, you walk up to the scooter, you scan it with your phone, and it pops this thing up, and you punch in your info and pay to use the scooter, and all of a sudden, the scooter goes, it's on, and you jump on it. It's a motorized scooter. You can just go wherever you want to go. (laughs) Yeah, modern, man. Isn't it great? Modern technology. Save you some gas if you go to Omaha. You're going to need it. You buy gas going all the way out there this year. Robbie, who we know is a is an Auburn fan, he texts me today here on the Country Pleasing text line. He said, what's up, Matt? He says, what's your thoughts on Auburn winning it all? It doesn't seem like there's one team that stands out. And that's basically kind of what I just said. It's not really one team that just jumps out at you. And, you know, if you're looking at Auburn, we talk about experience factor for Stanford. You know, um experience factor for Texas. Even though they're missing one big arm because of injury, but still experience factor for Texas and their run in the College World Series, which came to an end against state last year. But went really deep, had a very good team. They were number one in the country for a while this year, kinda like Ole Miss. If you're gonna talk about experience with other teams, you gotta talk about experience with Auburn. Auburn's got some upperclassmen who were freshmen when they came two years ago. Auburn has a head coach who's coached and gone through the Omaha experience as a head coach and as an assistant in Butch Thompson. He was an assistant at Mississippi State in 2013. Of course, a head coach at Auburn two years ago, 19, I guess. And so he's been to Omaha. Some of their players have been there before, know kind of what they're up against. The other thing, too, that you look at, Robbie, for Auburn and Butch Thompson is they're playing Ole Miss in game one. We know how important game ones are. It Really, you, you get on the loser side in that first game, it really taxes your pitching. So we know how important the first one is. And the thing about that is, you know, they they have played them. There's not, you know, total lack of familiarity there. And Ole Miss got the best of them in that first SEC weekend in Auburn. And you go back and you look at that, it just seems like a lifetime ago, really, for both teams. Certainly for Ole Miss, it just seems like a lifetime ago. So much changed and, and shifted and ebbed and flowed. Uh, in the in-between that series and this game that will happen tomorrow. I honestly, Robbie, don't know, though, that I, I can't see what I've seen from Ole Miss the last two weeks and not feel like they should probably be favored to win that ball game with Delusha on the mound. I mean, if Delusha is what he has been, certainly in the postseason, but in his last several outings, with Ole Miss's lineup, I just I think Ole Miss has an advantage there. That's what I think. It's going to yeah, – I just think it's going to be a really good, probably tight ball game. But that's the thing about it. Any advantage you talk about with any one team is a very slight advantage. It's not a – it's just not a huge thing. Hog jowl on the country-pleasing text line. His Hogs will play tomorrow. He says, I have approached today preparing for the Hogs playing in the College World Series. I surround myself with the most feel-good sports moments in my life. He says, I believe good begats good. So, so far today, I've watched Secretariat's greatest horse race ever, winning the Belmont Stakes by 31 lengths. I also watched a replay of the Hogs National Championship game against Duke. (laughs) And uh, he said, "Good thoughts, okay." So it's, it's good thoughts. It's good vibes. That's what we're talking about there. Good thoughts, good vibes. Okay, gotcha, Yeah, I
1: it's, think
0: that big word parody, is sneaking up oh on boy. us in this this World Series. I think anybody there could win it. I agree. Anybody it really is that way yeah. now that Tennessee is not there. Uh huh. Yep. I agree. Sven says, I believe the Woo Pigs are on a mission from last year's disaster. He said a Notre Dame plus Ole Miss would complete his top three. So his top three are Arkansas, Notre Dame, Ole Miss uh, in this one. And and how about the time difference? Okay. He says, uh, because he's in Berlin, Germany, we're talking about seven hours difference. And he says, for me, this is perfect. First pitch is at 9 (laughs) p.m. He said, I've got the whole day to do other stuff. Watch baseball at night. Paul gave uh, Sandlot a big exclamation point. He enjoyed hearing about that. Now, Chris was asking about uh, the A&M game today, oklahoma a and i A&M. I'm being honest with you. I know a little bit about A&M, obviously, because they're in the SEC. It's a first-year head coach in Jim Schlossnagel, who took the A&M job after last season. He had been all, he'd been the head coach all those years at TCU and had success. He coached teams in Omaha before at TCU. And uh, first year at AM he gets them to Omaha, and he did it with a lot of transfers. I just don't know that much about Oklahoma's team. I know they went to Virginia Tech and won. Um, I would think that AM has an advantage there. I would think, I just, I can't be specific with you, Chris, just because I don't know a lot about Oklahoma. I'm like, you yeah, just got to watch it. Paul, talking about Omaha, I guess, mentioning temperatures in the 90s. What, what did we say about it yesterday? It, like the Cowboys are peaking in the 90s? <laughs> that was great. Um, but I, I mentioned this, too. I did see where, yeah, you're in the 90s for the high in Omaha all week. And then on Monday, at least the weather app that I looked at said, Monday, the high in Omaha is 100 degrees. Went out there. It's hot. Okay, it's hot out there. But it is different. It's a It's not the... It's not the extreme humidity. When we think about hot and in the 90s in July in Mississippi, it's a whole different deal because of the humidity. Man, Bill, this morning at like 6 a.m., mm-hmm. Champ, the Wonder Schnauzer needed to go outside. So I opened the door. Do you have second thoughts? <laughs> well, on the on the other side of the, the real door is a, is a glass door, and like a yes. storm door. Well, it's yes. completely fogged over. Ooh. Because you okay. had your A.C. going. Right, because the A.C. is going mm-hmm. in the house. I open that, and I step outside. Well, I immediately can't see a thing because my glasses fogged it over. Happens to me all <laughs> the time. And, and I'm thinking, man, it is hot out here for 6 a.m., muggy <laughs> and heavy. And I, I noticed, I started looking at the trees and stuff, and nothing was moving at all. Still. Complete, like still as a statue. And, and you don't hear anything. There was nothing moving, like yeah. there were whatever, like even 0.001 miles per hour wind. We didn't even have that, like we had zero flat, zero breeze at all, mm. nothing even wiggling, no leaf even wiggling. Yeah, welcome to the Mississippi sauna. <laughs> Whew, I'm telling you, man, curl your hair quick. Yeah, that's hmm. Yeah, when stuck. the dog don't want to go outside, you know you got a problem. Yeah, when the dog goes out, he's like, ah, forget and this. N- I, no. Let me back I'll hold in. hold it. Let me back in. <laughs> <laughs> I may burst open, but I'm holding it. How about this? Philip? he's on Facebook <laughs> watching the show today on the live stream, and he said, Hail State from Clarkston, Washington. How about that? Ooh, all right. I bet they're having different weather than we are up in Worldwide. Clarkston, Washington. Worldwide. Yeah. We, Worldwide. We really are. <clears throat> We're at least across the nation. right? Yeah. My world. Well, we yeah. do have a listener in, in Germany. on the other side of the river. On the other side of that big pond, as they say. <laughs> uh, Hog fan on the Country Pleasing text line. What's up with you? Happy Friday to you, sir. Woo pig. <laughs> Hog fan says, although I agree with everything you said about Ole Miss having a chance, you're forgetting one thing. They are Ole Miss. That would be so MSU to finally win a baseball national championship and Ole Miss wins one the next year. Yeah, well, maybe so. You know, I didn't even get into that this week. It's a rivalry, sure. And there's a portion of every fan base that no matter what it is, they don't want their rival to win anything. They want them to never win anything, ever. Lose it all, okay? I get all that. But I feel like baseball in this state is slightly different. In that, and I'm gonna say this, I think there are genuinely some state fans out there who would be proud for Mike Bianco if he were to go and win the whole thing. Especially now that state has their own national title in their pocket. Yeah, they can always say we got we got it first. Yeah. I think people disagreed, but I think last year I saw it on. Social media, I heard people say it. I think genuinely there were some Ole Miss people last year that were genuinely happy to see State win the College World Series. I think it's a little different in baseball. A little different in baseball. Bianco's been there 22 years, second trip to Omaha. And with everything they've done and the way he's gone about it, nobody deserves another shot at this thing more than he does. I'll put it, I'll just put it out there. And Elko, man, I'm a huge Elko fan. All right, just getting started with you. Free for all Friday. Hit me up. Comments, texts, phone calls. I'll get to all of them next. I'm Matt. Stick around. Do you crave your sports? It's often difficult to satisfy that special hunger. Not here, because you've got Matt Wyatt. Oh, I am starving. Don't worry, he's got a menu full. Yeah, I saw that. Will um, Will mentions it there on uh, Facebook. Braves are about to win 15 today. Tie the Braves record for wins, consecutive wins. Yeah, they've been playing good lately. Sure have. It's almost like you know, basketball has always been a, a game of runs, and now baseball is too, isn't it? I mean, that's the way this year is anyway. Uh, Greg says... About Mississippi State, he says, is our talking about national championship last year tainted because of COVID? Well, I don't know. You had to beat Vandy as opposed to NC State. Now, NC State, the team last year that eliminated Arkansas, in Omaha, prior to the COVID thing for them, NC State looked at times like the best team out there, certainly when they still had that big left-hander available in their bullpen. Uh, however... NC State was still gonna have to go through Vanderbilt. And nobody over the last five to, to eight years has recruited like Vanderbilt. I know they're not, I mean, we see this year it didn't always add up to anything, but you know, for those reasons, I would say no, it's not tainted. You got to beat somebody. And it's not like, oh, well, NC State had to leave the World Series because of COVID. So State, you're gonna play, you know, Wofford for the national championship. No, no. It ain't like that. Uh, State, you can't play NC State. You're going to play Vanderbilt. Al, not Al, Jack Leiter, fresh for game one, best pitcher in America, first rounder. And Kumar Rocker, fresh for game three, (laughs) first rounder, and been the best in America. People can say, well, Kumar wasn't that great. Well, you wouldn't have looked that great either if the first pitch you threw was slapped in right field by Rowdy Jordan. So for all of those reasons, really pretty obviously, Greg, I don't think States is tainted at all uh, in terms of their College World Series. Uh, Joseph on the Facebook live stream says, Man, I'm a huge Ole Miss fan. And yes, I pulled for State last year. <clears throat> I genuinely d- I really think, I mean, it's like... I don't I don't gen, generally go around pulling for teams in, in in games that aren't the ones I naturally pull for. And you know, I I pull for state in anything. I pull for the Braves. I pull for the Chiefs. I kind of have for a long time. It's just what I do. But I'll watch every Cowboys game because of Dak Prescott. I'm pulling for Dak. I wish Dak played for the Chiefs. <laughs> And like I said, if he goes to Denver tomorrow, and I ain't ever liked Denver, but if he goes to Denver tomorrow and has to wear the ugliest uniform in the NFL, I still will watch every play of Dak Prescott they put on TV and hope he wins. Really. I just, I do. So I'm different than that. That's my context for you, Joseph. As I say, you know, I'm watching this College World Series, and I know Coach Bianco, and I know Butch Thompson. I don't know the other guys personally, but I know um, you know, in following a Link Jarrett in Notre Dame last year, it's it's hard not to pull for them, and they eliminated Tennessee, and you'd, I'd love to see it for them and for him and their program, and Schlossnagel, I'd love to see it for him. He was really good to me when the Uneven Scholarship documentary came out, and he said some really nice things, and and helped with that. I, you know, so I'm not necessarily pulling one way or the other. But in, in, un, under no circumstances would I sit there and watch Ole Miss play in this event hoping they lose. I just, that ain't, I ain't there. And I really don't think many people are there in the state of Mississippi where you'd watch them and you're pulling for Ole Miss to lose. I really don't think there are many doing that. For, for whatever it's worth. You know, we're talking about rooting for somebody. For whatever it's worth. See, Sven. Sven is in Germany. He signs off a lot of his messages here on the live stream with Hale State. His, uh, uh, his profile picture there is a Mississippi State logo. And he comments and says, Coach Bianco is a great teacher and he deserves a national championship big time. So um, I think that's kind of where we are. Greg tells me to jump on the A&M wagon. I don't know if that wagon has more room on it, to be honest with you. And plus, if Jimbo and the athletics director are on that wagon, then I'm not sure what shenanigans we're going to have to deal with on that wagon. So I'll just let you all stay on the, <laughs> on the A&M wagon. Um. Doggone texted the show, country-pleasing text line. He said, Matt, I'm pulling for Notre Dame. I'm not a Golden Domer, but any team that takes out that cocky Vol team, you got to love them. Hey, Notre Dame won a lot of fans by doing what they did in Knoxville. No question about it. Uh, Robbie says, Greg is definitely an Ole Miss fan. State won the national championship, period. (laughs) Maybe so. He's posing. Is that what he's doing? He's a poser. DT said, I pulled for state since most of my family are state fans, and they told me they would not return the favor and pull for my Rebs. That's from DT. Well, I guess in that case, DT, you just say, well, thanks for being honest. Uh, and then somebody commented here and said that for the College World Series, when it comes to the College World Series, there ought to be a, a, a whole state coming together sort of thing. I, I'm here's another thing about it too. Okay, outside of the results of the games, wins and losses, and how many runs Ole Miss scores or doesn't, all those things, I, I'm genuinely excited for some friends of mine, and and I'm some I probably don't even know, but just collectively the people that are going to go and experience it at the College World Series following Ole Miss. There, maybe they got kids. I got a friend here I was talking to earlier this week. He's got a young son. They're going to go, and they're turning it into this whole big trip of. Yes, see the games, but they're going to intentionally at times are going to swing through the hotel, uh, the team hotel. Because, you know, in Omaha, if you got a young kid who sort of looks up to these baseball teams, you go to Omaha, find out the team hotel that, that your team is staying in and just go there when it's obviously downtime because – they're going to be players walking around coaches former players there's all kinds of people you can run into and for a kid it'd be really cool I think you get autographs I'm sure stuff like that players constantly going in and out you know the front doors and up and down the elevators and which is a neat thing you can go over to the uh the original Rosenblatt site where you know the stadium used to be and they've got a commemorative thing there and where home plate was at Rosenblatt, and people have like wiffle ball games there at the old stadium and stuff like that, which is neat. Uh, There's lots of other stuff to do. Great food in and around Omaha. If you feel like it, you could drive about an hour and tour the University of Nebraska campus, if you've never seen it. It's only about an hour from there, in Lincoln. And and I really encourage, and my friend said he's going to do it with his son, to plan in your trip that it's a long drive, but you're in the vicinity anyway. Um, and you have to think how many times you're going to be in the vicinity. And you make that four-and-a-half-hour drive from Omaha over to Dyersville, Iowa, where they filmed the Field of Dreams. Because the field and the cornfield and the house in the movie and all that's right there. The whole thing where they filmed all that. It's right there. You can go tour it. And they stay open till like 9 p.m., because it doesn't get dark very early out there this time of year. So, um, you know, you got to drive out of the way a little bit, either going in or leaving Omaha, but it's worth it. So the experience of all that is going to be so much fun. And in the stadium, you know, you you get in the stadium, it's, it's a great venue. Uh, they've built it especially for that event. Um, the areas around the stadium are a lot of fun. But the games itself and in the stadium is really cool for everybody. So... I'm happy for people that are going to get to experience that, the ones who haven't ever experienced it. You know, and that's a note. They have changed the name. Did y'all know that? Yeah, it, it's not TD Ameritrade Park anymore. I don't know how, maybe since they built it, it had been TD Ameritrade Park. Seems like, you know, every year, TD Ameritrade Park. And it became sort of synonymous. It just rolled off the tongue. TD Ameritrade, you know, that was the park. Well, they're not the sponsor of the ballpark anymore. So it is not TD Ameritrade Park in Omaha anymore. It is, and I had to look this up to find out because I didn't know this. It is Charles Schwab Field in Omaha. No, (laughs) Will, that would be a good guess. Will on YouTube said, is it Warren Buffett Park now? No. Yeah, I guess his office is right up the road, right? Or offices. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's Charles Schwab Field. Isn't that hard to say? I mean, isn't it like, didn't it yeah, Ethan said on YouTube, I hate that word Schwab. <laughs> I mean, it's just like it doesn't it's gonna take some getting used to. I have noticed in the past, a lot of the media covering the event and tweeting out stuff and all would always include here at TD Ameritrade or TD Ameritrade Park. Everything's just Omaha. Nobody's using it right now. Nobody's saying Charles Schwab Field because if you put that in a tweet or something, everybody go like, what is that? Where is that? Where are they? They're all just saying Omaha. It's got a new name this year. All right. I have a football question for you. You Bulldogs out there that are tuning into the show like me, I have a question for you. Which position group on Mississippi State's football roster is the youngest? Don't look it up. Challenge yourself to not look it up. Which position group, Mississippi State football, is the youngest on the roster? See if you can answer that right, and I'll give you the answer when we come back. I'm Matt, in the Bureau. Stick around. From the amazing hits, that one is huge! To all the amazing plays, Matt Wyatt has has got it all for you. Just listen to that! Back with you. Back with you here in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau Go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes, that's your local Farm Bureau insurance agents. So, the question Which Mississippi State football position group is the youngest? Going into 2022, I'm throwing the question out there. I was going to cover this with you. I got to looking at something. Now, Greg, that's not what I meant. On Facebook, Greg says, ha, 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 it's the freshman. (laughs) You know what I meant. My buddy Art. What's up, Coach Dobbs? He's on Facebook today. You can tell it's summertime. He gets two months out of the year that he can tune into my show live. The rest of the time he's at school. <clears throat> coach Dobbs. I just call him, I'm calling you coach, because hey, Art, you know that's what we do? We call everybody coach, right? He thinks it's the secondary, is the youngest group. Like overall, youngest position group. Sven over in Germany thinks it's the O-line. Greg thought defensive backs just before he cut the joke and said, well, that's obviously the freshman. Marcus thinks it's linebackers. Okay, so we've got one. This is without, I asked you to not look it up. Let's see, you know, we know the youngest position group at, for Mississippi State football going into 2022. Well, don't look it up. Who do you think it is? We've got to vote for linebackers, one for DBs, one for O-line. Any others? See, now Robbie on the country-pleasing text line. Country-pleasing sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the South. Things I get mine at Walmart a lot i order it online, too. Pick it up sometimes when I'm in Florence on Highway 49, right there, at Country Meat Packers. Robbie texts me. Country, please. And text line is 885-3776 or 885-ESPN. He says it's offensive line. Another vote for defensive backs. I've gotten a couple of texts here that says kickers. Well, <laughs> I didn't look that one up, Okay. <laughs> That's not what I meant when I said position group. I didn't look up the kickers to see what their ages were. For all I know, that might be the answer. Uh, I had a vote for defensive backs here. Okay, here's why I'm asking. Now, it, this is merely experimental. Okay, but let me give you the context, give you the answer, and you see if you were on the same page. I knew I was going to do an interview today with a friend of mine over in Alabama. And um, I knew we'd talk a little football at some point. And I thought, I got the thing, you know, this position, okay, I need to make sure I'm clear on who's what and what the competitions will be. You never know what you might get asked. So I go, I start looking this at and the other, and something really jumped out at me. Okay, and it's not a trick question, but I knew State was going to have a veteran football team. I had said before, you know, this will be the first veteran football team that Mike Leach has had at Mississippi State. First one this year. Got a veteran team. For whatever that's worth. Now, I generally think that having old guys and veterans, junior seniors, that's a big deal. High school coaches sometimes will tell you, for every freshman you play, you lose one game. <laughs> you know? So experience a big deal. So here's the answer. Is it wide receiver? Pass catchers. Is that the youngest position group? No. Senior, 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 junior, junior. Senior Austin Williams. Junior Jaden Wally. Junior Tulu Griffin. Senior Scooby Ford. Senior Caleb Ducking. Senior Jameer Calvin. Now, when you get into the depth... Robinson, the transfer from Georgia, he is a third-year sophomore. He's a redshirt sophomore, but he's a third-year guy. He's technically junior in school. He's redshirt sophomore. Rai ry Thomas is a sophomore. Rufus Harvey, he's he's football redshirt sophomore, but he's a third-year guy. He's a junior in school. It's all upperclassmen, juniors and seniors, and third-year players at receiver. We had a couple of people that guessed it was the offensive line, the youngest position group at State. Well, no. Senior, 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 junior, 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 freshman. Folks, in the two deep, even if you go to nine of them, there's one underclassman, and it's Albert Reese, who's a second year player, a redshirt freshman, who is very good, <laughs> okay, and going to be. Very good. Everybody else in the two deep on their offensive line is either a junior or a senior. And some of those juniors are fifth years as as redshirted guys, and some of those seniors are sixth years. LeQuinston Sharp, center, red shirt senior. Cole Smith, backup center, rotating guard, red shirt senior. Percy Lewis is a junior now, put a Juco there, okay, and competing at one tackle. But Nick Jones, a fifth year junior. Cam Jones, a redshirt senior. And keep in mind, we're talking about COVID. so A lot of this is 60-year guys. Dollar Bill Johnson, senior, redshirt senior. You get into the depth. Reed Byers, redshirt junior. They got a transfer from Middle Tennessee, figures into the depth, redshirt junior. So it's not offensive line. They're not the youngest position group. Let's keep going. This is offense. We'll get to defense. Is it running back? Woody Marks, Jr., Dylan Johnson, Jr., J.J. Jernigan, Sr. Folks, stop for a minute and tell me how many freshmen and sophomores I have named. Two? But then the whole offense. Quarterback. Will Rogers is a junior, and his backup, Sawyer Robertson, is a redshirt freshman. But they do have a senior in the depth in Lovertich, who's going to be there and has played some. The point is this now, if we look at offense, if you look at offense, maybe the youngest position group on offense is quarterback. And, you, and your starter there, if he's healthy, is a third-year starter. And that's your youngest position group on offense. Now, you decide what you think it's worth, and then we'll all find out what it's worth this fall. Now let's do defense. Lynn, hats off to you because Lynn did text the show and said quarterback. Now, what about defense? We're looking for the youngest position group for state football this year. Several people said secondary. Well, let's break it down. Let's look at safety. It's not safety. Senior, 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 junior, junior. (laughs) I'm not making it up. Jalen Green, senior. Colin Duncan, senior. Jackie Matthews, transfer from West Virginia, senior. Sean Preston, red-shirt senior, been there forever. Dylan Lawrence, red-shirt junior, senior in classification. He's junior on the field. Now, they did bring in a couple of guys. You've got the Carlos Nicholson, who may be a a safety when it's all said and done, but he's a junior JUCO guy. And then a, a sophomore from Michigan, Jordan Morant, just transferred in. It's not safety. They're about as veteran as you can be at one position at safety. So what about corner? People said secondary. Is it corner? <clears throat> What's the youngest position? Cornerbacks. Senior. Senior. Junior. Junior. And four-star transfer. Marcus Banks, a senior. Comes over from Alabama. Alabama. Emmanuel Forbes, junior. Furge, red shirt, senior. DeCam Richardson, backup corner, junior. And then the kid, Washington, that transferred in from Florida State, who was a pretty decent recruit, he's just got to get there. It's not the secondary. It's a veteran. Folks, I just went through the safety and corner depth. They ain't a sophomore in the bunch. What's the point, Matt? I'm getting there. Linebacker. Somebody said linebacker. <laughs> Senior. Redshirt senior, red shirt senior, red shirt senior, red shirt junior, red shirt junior. It ain't linebacker. Tyrus Wheat Sr. Nathaniel Watson, red shirt senior. Jet Johnson, red shirt senior. Sherman Timms, Redshirt Sr. JP Purvis, Redshirt Jr. Deshaun Page, Redshirt Jr. You get into the depth who may be the best player in the bunch, John Lewis, a kid from Germantown. He's a red shirt freshman, but he ain't a starter yet. And he's got a. And Ty Cooper from Louisville is a sophomore, but those are depth guys. Linebacker is not the youngest position; they're veteran. Defensive front start in the middle and work your way out from defensive tackle to defensive end on three man front. Nathan Pickering, senior; Jaden Crumity, redshirt senior; Cam Young, fifth year senior; Randy Charlton, edge senior. Jordan Davis, back from injury, senior. Demonte Russell, redshirt junior. Jack Harris, redshirt junior. And a couple of guys who played a few snaps last year, you got a sophomore and a redshirt freshman and Jevin Banks and Deontay Anderson. The point is, you look at State's entire roster going into this year, and I don't know that people realize it. We, again, decide what it's worth. You can go through their entire two-deep going into the fall on offense and defense and maybe just maybe the youngest position on the whole roster is quarterback as a group the whole thing might have two or three you know really young guys it is largely a senior and junior football team like huge majority senior and junior football team going into the fall And I think that's a reason that State's going to have a chance to be a little better than some people are talking about them right now. Hour 2, coming up. Stick around.